This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Faye Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. All the mix. Okay, party people in the house. You're about to witness something you've never witnessed before. Yeah, hustle in the house. Yeah, hustle in the house. What is going on? I'm Rob Faye. Welcome to your Friday edition of Sports Bar Radio. It is the 19th day of November, and I hope this finds you well. I just want to say before I start this show, uh, my thoughts to everybody still in the Fraser Valley, just ringing themselves out from an unbelievable torrential rain pour that flooded a lot of that region. I know that there's people working 24 hours a day to try and help these businesses, try to help these neighbors out from really something unexpected, but it is amazing to me how the community comes together. So in addition to everybody that's helping try to repair the highway throughout the province of British Columbia, to those specifically in Abbotsford, Chilliwack, Hope, all of that region, I just want to say thank you. There are so many feel-good stories of people that are coming together, whether it's opening up the doors to their house, whether it's cooking meals and providing it to the people that are stuck on the highway. This is real. And even though we've got the stories out there about people that are hoarding and trying to stock up because they know that Highway 1 might not be open for weeks or dare we say months because we are into the winter months right now, I would like to think that what trumps those stories are the stories of people that are working together to save cattle, to save all of the wildlife, to save uh, homes. I mean, it is unbelievable how we are all coming together to try and get through this trial. What a year. I mean, if you think about it for a second, I know we got to get to the lead and we got to get to all this other stuff, but think about this. I mean, first you've got COVID, then you've got the forest fires, and now you've got flooding. It has been an unbelievable 2021. I can only hope when we finally flip the calendar to 2022 that brighter days are ahead. But again, I tip my cap to everybody that is coming together in the Fraser Valley, and uh, it is inspiring to say the least. And I know there's a lot of work ahead, but just knowing that these uh, residents are not alone, uh, these farmers that really take care of the entire province in Western Canada, knowing that they are seeing the support from all of us, that's a big deal. And I salute every single person working together. All right, let's get to that one story. Uh, kind of an interesting one. We're not going to start with hockey. We'll eventually get to it. And we'll try to get you caught up with everything going on in the world of sports as you get ready for a very big weekend of sports, college football, NHL. Uh, we'll talk a little basketball. And, of course, we'll talk about the NFL. But first, let me get you to that one story that uh, I could use your help on with this one. I'm, I'm curious. I'm torn. Let me get you to the lead. We've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you. Okay, well, let's be honest, Rob picks most of the stories, so maybe they matter more to him? Anyways, pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today. Okay, so it's real easy for me to get some clicks here if I simply talk about the Vancouver Canucks. I broadcast out of Vancouver. For those who subscribe and maybe aren't from the Lower Mainland who don't know where I broadcast, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada is where we have Sports Bar Radio. So, easy for me to get a couple of clicks if I talk hockey in this market. But today... I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit and talk about the media and social media when it comes to the posting of videos 
that have domestic violence as a part of said videos. Now, Zach Stacy arrested in Florida. He's an NFL player that most recently was with the New York Jets. He absolutely obliterated his ex-girlfriend, did so in front of their five-month-old son. The mother of his baby boy had multiple wounds, threw her into a television, all while she begged him to stop, and, well, the baby cried. So... He's obviously going to face the judge. He's going to face his fate as he's currently in an Orange County jail in Florida. The Orlando Police Department listed as the arresting agency according to the jail records. Now, if convicted, Stacy could face up to 15 years in prison. And I think if you watch the video, it's pretty evident that he's got jail time ahead of him. It's pretty open and closed as far as I'm concerned. But the question that I have is, should the media post those kind of videos? They had a security cam in their house that got the actual footage of him grabbing his girlfriend by the scruff and basically throwing her the width of the room into, I guess, what looked to be a glass television or a poster of some sort. She's crumpled down on the ground. He kicks her a few times and then picks her up and throws her again. It is as graphic as you will find. So... Circling back on this, I know most media will say that there's graphic details and there's a warning put in front of the video, but my question is should they put that video out at all? I understand that we're in a generation where clicks and likes and shares and retweets are currency in today's age, but I also think to myself that woman will now have those images on social media and across the internet for the rest of her natural life and probably beyond. And that five-month-old child, as he gets older, We'll be able to look that up as well. Listen, Zach Stacy's going to do his time, but I don't just think of the person that did the crime. I think of the victim as well. And I know that this won't change, that obviously once it's out there, it's out there. But I always wonder from a moral perspective if those are the kind of things that I would want out there. Because you know what? Yeah, it's a pretty degrading moment. Nobody wants to see themselves in that situation. I, I, again, I'm looking at this strictly from a victim's perspective. Like, I know what makes news, and I know that we're always looking for the sharp edge of the stick. It's what's gotten TMZ to the top of the totem pole by simply being in these places and obtaining these kind of videos. But I don't know. I do think that because the video is out, if you want to talk about the pros, the fact that the video came out, outrage across the NFL, outrage across football as a whole, and I think because of the video, the police will have an open and closed case against Zach Stacy. But I also think of the ex-girlfriend, who now, her name Kristen Evans, the mother of the baby boy, will always have this reminder at the forefront. Sure, she lived it, and she'll probably have to go through counseling and a number of ways to try and move past this, but she will also have the digital reminder. I'm just saying, there are certain things that if you're going to write about it, cool. If I have to read about it, then sure. But to physically have to watch that video... It's gut-turning. It is one of those things that as soon as you see it, you immediately say, throw away the key and lock that guy in jail. But I also know that as life moves on, and as he serves his time, and as we all move on to the next story, that that digital fingerprint will still be hanging around in cyberspace. I don't know if you want to call it morals. I don't know if you want to say that there's certain organizations that do it better than not. I guess what you can do is put a graphic warning up there, and then it's up to you as the individual, as opposed to the media as to whether or not you want to watch it. But I would say this, I'm okay if there was a media outlet that simply didn't want to show those kind of videos. That I'd be okay just reading about it in generalities because yes, I know it draws attention and yes, I know it helps create the conversation, 
But sometimes morals trump clicks and likes and retweets. And I just feel terrible that one day that young boy is going to turn into a man, wonder where his father is, and then find out through social media exactly why he's no longer around. All right, let's talk about the rest of the news of the day. we got so much to get into, and uh, your thoughts on that or anything else, hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Fay, R-O-B-F is in Frank A-I. That's where you'll find me on Twitter most of the time, and I always do my best to get back to you. What do you think? Is this the media's responsibility to sometimes not post these things, or is it on us to not click on the available post when the media puts it forward. I'd love to hear from you. All right, now let's get to the rest of the news of the day. That one room in this sports bar where we house everything. Let me get you to the VIP room. You knew tonight was going to be a good night, didn't you? Guys, the ladies don't want you wasting their time, so get to the point. Ten topics, ten minutes. Hold on to your drinks because we're about to bring you the entire world of sports before the DJ can pull out the vinyl for his next set. Welcome to the VIP room. Okay, very light night in the NHL. Just two games, but both relevant to this region. Seattle Kraken, we will get to those fans in a second, but first let's get you ready for the game here in Vancouver as the Winnipeg Jets are in town. Jets 9-3-4 on the season getting ready to take on the Canucks that we know are 5-10-2. And And yes, this is going to be a challenge for the Canucks. Jets looking to extend their four-game point streak, while the Canucks have lost an NHL worst five straight. Now, why is it going to be tough for Vancouver? In addition to their inner struggles, Jets had their three-game winning streak snapped yesterday, managed to pick up a point, though, with a 2-1 shootout loss to the Edmonton Oilers. Nick Ehlers scoring the only goal of the game for the Jets, Connor Hellebuck making 31 saves in the losing effort. Who does Vancouver have to shut down? Kyle Connor. He has been fantastic. 12 goals this season, 20 points. And Andrew Kopp, who's actually been a Canuck killer over the last couple of seasons, he's also off to a great start this year. 16 points in 16 games. Good news for the Canucks. Paul Stastny has missed the last five games and will not be making his return as he still is battling a foot injury. Now, Vancouver, there's no doubt. We all know the situation that we're in. They've dropped five straight. Tucker Pullman and Connor Garland scored for Vancouver. Thatcher Demko making 26-29 saves and a loss to the Colorado Avalanche, who are pretty tough out. But not to say that they can't get this done, but they're going to have to get a little more production out of, obviously, Elias Pettersson, who's now on power play unit two, as opposed to one, which to me isn't the worst situation. If you maybe take a little pressure off of EP40 to try to do everything all at once, maybe there's a way that you can get him sparked again. JT Miller and Quinn Hughes are going to have to keep doing what they're doing and they're going to have to get more out of Bo, out of Brock, and out of Elias if they're going to try and snap this funk that they're currently in right now. Jets come into this one as an obvious favorite, but you never know. Vancouver at home trying to snap a five-game skid against a team who just played last night. You never know. Now, the most recent team to beat the Canucks, taking on the Seattle Kraken down at Climate Pledge Arena just down the I-5. Colorado coming into that game with a record of 7-5-1. Kraken only team behind Vancouver in the Pacific Division standings at 4-11-1. Seattle special teams also struggling, much like Vancouver's, whereas Colorado's been pretty good on the power play, as was evidence against Vancouver in the most recent matchup. First ever meeting between these two teams. But they are both going in significantly different directions. Colorado has now won three in a row with para wins over Vancouver, sandwiched in the middle of those a 6-2 victory over San Jose. While Seattle is also looking to snap a five-game losing streak, they have lost seven of their past eight games. 
All right, very busy night in the association as we move to the hardwood. Toronto getting ready to take on Sacramento at Golden One Center here on the West Coast. Raptors at 7-9 in the mix with six other teams in the Eastern Conference that are separated by just two games. And even though Toronto got off to a decent start, they have now lost six of their past seven. The only win in their past seven, a 115-109 victory over Philadelphia. And it's not scoring that has let them down. It is their defense. And the number's not stacking up against Toronto in this one either. Toronto 0-7 straight up in their last seven games against an opponent from the Western Conference. But this might be the proverbial slump buster. Sacramento not exactly lighting the world on fire either. They have lost five of their past six, trying to lick their wounds after a 10-point loss at Minnesota. Sacramento's offense has been really good this year. Fourth in the entire association, Toronto ranking 21st. A lot of people in Vegas thinking that Sacramento is going to win this game straight up. They'll cover the spread, which is three and a half, and the total in this game will go over the 221. As I always say, if you are going to bet, bet responsibly. All right, one of the other games of note tonight, the hottest team of the NBA, the Golden State Warriors in Detroit. Warriors are 13-2 to start this season, taking on a 4-10 Pistons team. Now, I know what you're thinking, that this one is a no-brainer, take Golden State in a romp. The odds here, very heavily on Golden State right now. Listen to who's out tonight for Golden State. Andre Iguodala is out. Steph Curry's been downgraded. He's not playing tonight. Draymond Green is out. Klay Thompson's out. And right now, basically, almost the entire starting five for the Warriors is not taking on Detroit. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you that Detroit's a lock in this one, but when you tell me that Clay, Draymond, Steph, and Andre are all out at the same time tonight, even though Vegas thinks the Golden State's going to win, cover the spread, which is minus two, and go over in this game, which is 200, I would take my chances on this one. I think there's money to be had in this game. I would pick the upset. I would take Detroit in this game. And yes, I know they are going against, statistically, the best team in the association. The classic tonight, the Los Angeles Lakers getting ready to take on the Boston Celtics. Boston coming off a 110-99 loss to the Atlanta Hawks, while the Lakers have lost three of their last four, including a 109-102 loss at Milwaukee. And all lives right now on LeBron James and Anthony Davis. James upgraded to questionable for the game tonight. Anthony Davis probable, but neither of them are going to be at 100%. Both of these teams looking for a little traction. Boston at 7-8 and eight this season. The Lakers a 500 team at 8-8 eight and eight through their first 16 games. Uh, one last note, if you're going to be betting, the Celtics offense, which hasn't exactly been firing on all cylinders the last couple of games, might get a jolt from being back home where they've cracked triple digits in each of their last four games. Uh, L.A. is playing their fourth game in six days. And again, Anthony Davis with that injured thigh is going to be limited at best. Take that for what you will. Okay, to the gridiron we go of the NFL getting ready for a very big week. Let us start with the team that is geographically closest to us, Seattle Seahawks. They got a tall order this week, Arizona Cardinals, hoping that Kyler Murray is back under center this Sunday. Arizona comes in at 8-2, and two, even after dropping two of their last three games. You got to think with Colt McCoy listed as questionable as well with a pec strain, that if Murray is even probable, he will get the snaps on Sunday against a Seahawks team that is 3-6 and six this season. 
Seattle has a lot of work to do. They looked brutal in that 17-0 loss to the Green Bay Packers last week, even with the return of Russell Wilson from the old finger surgery. Wilson said his finger was not an issue in the shutout, but he was 20 of 40 for just 161 yards with two picks. Now, Green Bay's defense is getting a lot of the love right now, and rightly so. So this could be another tough week for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who totaled five catches for 49 yards between them last week. The big question is, will Kyler Murray be on the field this coming Sunday? couple of other games to note, Las Vegas and Dallas going to lock up this coming Sunday, and it has been all Dallas, and you got to think that Dak Prescott is closing in on an MVP season, especially considering where he was just a year ago. Also, Dallas red hot right now. They have won seven of their past eight, including a 43-3 thrashing of the Atlanta Falcons last week, while Las Vegas have lost two in a row, including getting walloped 41-14 at the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs. Dallas has had the number of the Raiders over their last three meetings, a perfect 3-0, and they have been criminally good on the ground. In those three meetings, they have averaged 155 rushing yards against a Raiders defense that is porous at times. Dallas comes into the game 7-2, Vegas coming in at 5-4. All right, to college football we go. Ohio State, the fifth-ranked team in the country, getting ready to take on number seven seed Michigan State. This is the slobber knocker of all of them. Ohio State and Michigan State both at 9-1 this season, but the Buckeyes heavily favored in this one, 19-point favorites, and the over-under in this game is 69. I'm not going to do it. But right now, a lot of people thinking that this game's going to go over. 79% of the betting money in Vegas has gone with the over. So, winner of that one, if it's Michigan State, they're in the conversation for a BCS shot. Buckeyes know that if they lose this, their opportunity to sneak in is over. One game that I do have to bring up, even though I know it's going to be an absolute throttling, 10-0 Georgia Bulldogs, the number one ranked team of the country, getting ready to take on Charleston Southern who has not won a game this season and projected to lose by 54.5 points or more. Georgia right now projected to win 56-0. And believe it or not, even at 54.5 point favorites, a lot of people putting money on the Bulldogs to move to 11-0. Let's slide into the octagon very quickly. Fight night coming up this Saturday. And one of the more intriguing fights, Rafa Garcia against Natan Levy. That one is a pick'em, as is Ketlin Vieira taking on Misha Tate, both of them even at minus 115. And finally, to baseball, the Cleveland Guardians is now official, no longer the Cleveland Indians. The final T's crossed, I's dotted in Cleveland, as they will now be referred to solely as the Guardians and the Commissioner's Office, saying that the only thing that they are focused on right now it is their number one priority trying to get a deal done so that they don't have to worry about the CBA heading into the 2022 season. This coming from Rob Manfred, he says, quote, we remain committed. Our number one priority is to make an agreement prior to December 1. He understands that time is becoming an issue, and that is the challenge. Medfred won't get into the specifics regarding details of the current talks between the league and the Players Association, which is a good sign. But should they not get to a deal on December the 1st, it is possible that a lockout would go into effect. But Manfred stressing yesterday and again today that no such decision has been made. They're on the clock. They've got 11 days to try and figure out a solution. Now, for those who immediately sneer at this, a lockout doesn't mean that the 2022 season won't get to a start. The two sides would just have to come to an agreement before spring training. 
If you remember, 1994-95 was the last time that baseball experienced a work stoppage, but both sides know that that wasn't good for anybody. One thing that I found intriguing of the conversation that he had with the media just the other day is he says, quote, I have been in charge of labor in this industry since 1998, and every single time I have found a way or we have found a way to make an agreement and keep the game on the field. One sort of midterm negotiation in the middle of a crisis, a pandemic, I just don't put that much weight on it. We've had a very, very difficult situation in the past, and we have always found our way through them, unquote. That, to me, speaks to the fact that Manfred must feel confident that there is something that can get done. And the identification of the pandemic just says, listen, it hasn't been perfect, but he is trying to work with the commissioner's office to get baseball ready for 2022 without any work stoppages. I keep my fingers, my toes, my legs crossed so they can get this done because baseball coming out of this pandemic had a lot to like. And I would hate to see this labor negotiation go south with Tony Clark and company. So let's see if baseball can figure it out, because if they don't, this is definitely not going to be well received by the fan base who is going to watch millionaires fighting billionaires coming out of a pandemic. They know that that's a PR shot that they cannot afford to take. All right, that wraps up your Friday edition of Sports Bar Radio. Any feedback, you know I love that. Hit me up on Twitter at Rob Fay, R-O-B-F is in Frank A-I. You know I always get back to you. Let's do this again on Monday. And more importantly, please like, please subscribe, review. And if you could, I would love it if you could share it with your buddies on social media. Let them know what we are doing here. We are here five days a week. Sometimes we miss the odd show because... Things are going chaotically with Nation Extreme Wrestling. Chris Perry and I have been building an absolute monster of a brand. It has been so much fun. Uh, Maybe on Monday I'll share some of the news with you as to what NEW is doing. If you've been following me to that degree, it'll be definitely worth the conversation. My thanks to everybody at Equity Guru for giving me this forum so that you and I can get together several times a week. My thanks to Chris Perry. My thanks to Galen, Asan, and the irreplaceable Priscilla Choi. Until you and I get back together on Monday, I'm Rob Fay. Drive safe, have yourself a great weekend, and again, thank you to all of the volunteers, to all of the first responders, to everybody out in Abbotsford and the Fraser Valley who are trying to, again, wring themselves out from an unbelievably unexpected flood. But together, we can get our neighbors back on track. I'm Rob Fay. I'll see you Monday. You've been listening to Sports Bar Radio, presented to you as always by Equity Guru. Have yourself a great weekend.